0: I hit now on the case after a car crash on Barnet Highway in Burnaby leaves one woman dead. Why police are calling this suspicious?
1: We get that they need to fight for their rights, but at whose expense?
0: Fallout from the strike as the Canadian Union of Postal Workers rejects another offer made by Canada Post. It's just an inconvenience. And access denied why there's anger over a Surrey strip mall taking away a wheelchair ramp to make way for more parking.
2: You're watching Global BC. This is
3: Global News hour at six.
0: Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We start with some breaking news coming into us tonight from Vancouver Police who say they're looking for a person of interest in an apparent random attack on a woman in the city's West End. It happened on Butte Street near Pendrel just before three this morning. A woman told police a stranger had followed her into an apartment building and then attacked her. Investigators believe the incident was, was sexually motivated. A person of interest was captured on surveillance footage. He is being described as white in his 20s or 30s with a slim build, short dark hair and facial stubble. The man was wearing a burgundy toque and maybe walking with a limp. The victim has suffered minor injuries and has since been released from hospital. Now to a mysterious circumstances of a homicide in Burnaby where a woman has died after being involved in a violent car crash on Barnett Highway late last night. Jill Bennett reports from the scene and why police are describing this as suspicious. Homicide
4: investigators were called after a fatal rollover along this stretch of Barnett Highway. Shortly before 10 p.m. Friday, an SUV crashed into a pole, trapping the male driver inside. A woman was ejected from the vehicle and found a few metres away in a ditch. She died a short time later in hospital. Police are calling the death suspicious. Global News has learned the victim is Nicole Porcello, a young mother and employee of the Vancouver School Board. Two police officers canvassed neighbours in Porcello's Burnaby neighbourhood today it's unclear what they were looking for. While the death is being called suspicious police say there is no risk to the public as Porcello and the man in the vehicle knew each other. Both the RCMP and the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team are involved in this case.
0: Back to you. Thank you very much for that. There is a looming deadline tonight in the ongoing Canada Post-Labour dispute, but it doesn't look like either side is going to resolve this anytime soon on their own. Our Jordan Armstrong is watching this uh, as it develops uh, throughout the night tonight. Jordan?
2: Sonia, both sides remain at the bargaining table. There is a 9 p.m. Pacific Time deadline to accept the company's latest offer, but it's not looking good. Yesterday, the Canadian Union of Postal Workers refused to bring the offer to a vote by members, saying it wasn't good enough. The offer included a 2% wage increase and a $10 million health and safety fund. It also offered job security to rural and suburban workers. The union, Cup W, says mail carriers are the most injured group of all federal workers, and they're frustrated. With 100 postal trailers already backlogged in Vancouver, Canada Post says the dispute will affect the holiday season. It's already affecting small business owners like Delta's Carol Jolly, who runs a print shop. She spoke to us this afternoon.
1: We get the struggle with Canada Post. We get that they need to fight for their rights, but at whose expense? And it seems to be at small business. Small business cannot survive without them. Yes, we take credit cards. Yes, we take email transfers. But we deal with a lot of big companies that sometimes they can't do that. They need to send the check. It's sad when you've got products going out to save on foods and pharma saves and places like that, and you're missing their deadlines.
2: Now, the mail backlogs extend to international parcels entering Canada. Britain's Royal Mail and China Post have announced they are suspending shipments to Canada. The big question, when will Ottawa intervene? The Prime Minister has said all options are on the table if the dispute is not resolved soon. Sonia?
0: Well, I hope for a lot of people it does get resolved soon. Thank you very much for that, Jordan. In other news tonight, BC's agriculture minister is revealing tonight how her family has also been tragically affected by the overdose crisis. Yes. Lena Popham posted on social media today that her 23-year-old stepson has died from an accidental overdose. She said Dan Seely had been struggling over the past few years with a mental illness and addiction. She says, quote, he was taken from us far too soon by accidental overdose before he got to fulfil his dream of becoming a physics teacher. Firefighters in Burnaby had to battle a house fire this morning. It broke out in a home on 6th and Wedgwood Street. who's had to fight it from the outside for quite some time because police said the house was known to them as a problem property.
5: Uh, we'd had reports from RCMP that uh, the house had uh, calls previous. Uh, they'd had this house on uh, file from previous incidents and there, there was some question as to whether we should be going in due to the... Uh, The nature of what might be inside, squatters had been occupying and whatnot. So, uh, so we took a defensive approach, uh, attacked the fire from uh, from the exterior, knocked most of it down.
0: Remembrance Day has come and gone, but Chilliwack RCMP are still on the lookout for suspects in four poppy box thefts that happened during the first week of this month. Surveillance video captured one suspect stealing a poppy donation box from a store in the 7300 block of Veda Road on November the 6th. Now, there were two more thefts that same day. A man in a black jacket and hat swiped the box from the shell on Veda Road, while another suspect wearing a red hat and backpack stole the box from a store in the 4500 block of Lukakuk Way. Two days earlier, a man in an orange poncho hit another business. This was in the 7500 block of Veda Road. And the suspect caught on surveillance stealing the poppy and donation tin from the New Westminster Legion has now been identified. 54-year-old Dwayne Edward Zabutski is charged with one count of theft under $5,000. He is accused of swiping the poppy money on November the 8th when no one was looking after he'd finished a beer and a meal at the bar. Poppy cans were also taken from the Royal Columbian Hospital, Boston Pizza and a credit union on the same day. A Surrey strip mall is in the spotlight tonight after complaints they removed a wheelchair ramp and designated parking. A woman who's been going to that mall for the last 10 years says the change isn't just an inconvenience, it's also now unsafe. Nadia Stewart has her story.
6: In the Guilford Towngate strip mall on 152nd street you can clearly see where two wheelchair accessible parking stalls have been painted over, replaced with regular parking. An inconvenience for patrons like Vivian Yu. It's a a, lo- a large long ramp that, that was put in and they, they ripped it out and they took out the parking spot. For the uh, people that have less mobility, this is quite challenging. Challenging and as you and one of the mall's shop managers point out, unsafe.
5: I think some cases they have to have like two people lift a wheelchair up for them. Like,
3: so it's, 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 it's difficult.
6: Or if you have mobility issues and you're moving really slowly, Moving slowly towards just getting to that main area is really challenging and really dangerous, I think. And You first contacted the City of Surrey months ago. In an email to Global News, the City's acting building division manager says removal of an accessibility ramp requires a building permit application be submitted to the City's building division. The ramp will not be allowed to be removed if accessibility requirements have not been met. The city says it is looking into whether those requirements were met. We tried contacting the property manager but did not receive a response to our call. Yu says she's surprised the city didn't have more power over the situation. I'm really surprised that they don't and it seems as though like uh, we're all waiting for either provincial or federal legislature to come through. Disability Alliance BC says Canada's federal accessibility strategy should address problems like this as it makes way for new provincial and municipal legislation. In the meantime, they say people need to be sensitive to the needs of others.
7: It's really disappointing to see the kind of insensitivity um, that individuals have um, in willing to literally to, to paint over symbols for accessibility.
6: For now the only other option to access these shops for people relying on mobility aids is to navigate through the parking lot to access ramps at either end whereas before users' access was available right in the middle.
0: Nadia Stork Global News. Now, for some living with cystic fibrosis, Orcambi is considered a miracle drug, but it's one that is expensive and currently considered unproven by Canadian health officials, so not covered by the B.C. government. Now, a Vancouver mother and son are joining the push to have the costly treatment approved for anybody who needs it.
6: And this box is worth about $20,000.
8: Inside, one month's worth of Orcambi The drug Debbie Simpson credits with saving her son's life.
7: After I went off the placebo and went on the real thing, holy crap, was that like the best moment of my life.
8: I I thought I was going to lose him. Get get your pills. Liam Simpson was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis at two months old. After years of hospital visits and struggling to keep up in gym class, he's thrived on our cambi since he joined the original Vertex trial at age 12.
7: I was able to keep up with everybody. I was able to do more sports, be more physically active, and that was just the best feeling in the world, mentally and physically.
8: Now 18, Liam is chasing his dream to become a police officer. His cure costs $250,000 a year, fortunately, covered by his mom's private insurance. But CF Canada believes Orcambi be could change the lives of more than 200 in BC if it was covered by PharmaCare.
7: That's just heartbreaking. Honestly, there's people out there that can benefit from it 100 percent.
4: We know that this drug works, but we're hoping is that our governments uh, will give the people who really need access to this drug the opportunity to try it uh, so that we can see if it works in them.
8: Rejected twice by Canada's common drug review for lack of evidence on effectiveness, the province is once again reviewing or can be.
5: We don't want these to be political decisions. We want them to be based on evidence. That's the process we have in Canada, and that's the process we support. They will
6: die without it. They have potential to continue living with it. My son's proof of that.
7: They're saying lack of efficacy. Look at me. Like, I'm, like, I'm right here.
0: Kristen Robinson, Global News. Today marks the one-month anniversary of pot legalisation in Canada and sales at the province's only government cannabis store are still going strong. During the four weeks between October 17th when it opened and November 13th, the Kamloops BC Cannabis Store has recorded 17,450 transactions during the same time. There were more than 33,800 online sales for a total of more than 51,000 transactions. Nearly 22,000 of those sales happened in just the first week of legalisation. The BC Liquor Distribution Branch doesn't release the dollar value of sales or how much product they've actually sold. Enbridge says it is increasing the flow of natural gas through a pipeline that ruptured and burned near Prince George more than a month ago. The federal regulator had ordered Embridge to limit gas flows at 80% pressure levels from the blast site. But now that order has been amended. So that means it's going to be allowed to increase it to 85% pressure levels. On October 9th, an explosion ruptured the pipeline, which is supplying natural gas on a reduced basis to about a million customers in the province. A Vancouver man is warning pet owners to be vigilant after his dog was killed by a coyote in Point Grey. David Jen says he let his dog Ali out right in front of the house on Belmont Street and 2nd Avenue earlier this afternoon when the pet was snatched by the coyote. He says it happened so quickly he had no time to react to save the dog. Ali was not on a leash when the attack happened. David is now hoping other dog owners hear this story and then take steps to protect their pets We'll hear from him tonight on Global News at 11. Welcome back. Well, President Trump today taking a first-hand look at the devastation left behind from a massive wildfire in Northern California. Authorities saying more than 1,000 people are still unaccounted for, and the death toll is continuing to rise. NBC's Kathy Park is there with the latest a presidential visit to paradise,
4: giving the commander in chief a raw look at the most devastating and destructive wildfire in California history.
5: This is very sad to see it.
4: Along with state leaders, President Trump met with campfire victims, first responders and firefighters, some who took offense at his criticism earlier this week of forest mismanagement, a theme he repeated today.
5: gotta to take care of the floors, you know, the floors of the forests. very important. You look at other countries where they do it differently, and and it's a whole different story.
4: But the politics is overshadowed by pain. Last night, officials confirmed two more victims, husband and wife Randall and Paula Dodge. The scale of the destruction on display, block after burned block.
7: It was moving at about 80 football fields uh, a minute.
4: Veteran firefighter Chris Vestal took NBC News on a tour of the wreckage.
7: There's really no way to describe just the pure devastation.
4: More than 600 search and rescue personnel now on a mission.
7: They're literally sifting through debris and rubble at every single home site, every single vehicle, trying to find anybody who's still missing.
4: With at least 1,000 people still unaccounted for, the search will go for weeks, leaving no home unturned. For one couple, a moment of joy, a reunion with their cat, lost during the evacuation. As search and recovery efforts continue, rain is expected to move in later on this week, which could be helpful for firefighters, but also could pose a disturbance as they continue to search for remains. Kathy Park, NBC
0: News, Paradise, California. In France, more than a quarter of a million people took to the streets to protest against rising fuel prices. A female protester was killed. She died after being struck after a driver surrounded by demonstrators panicked and accelerated. President Emmanuel Macron, who raised the price of fuel recently through additional taxes, hasn't made any comment on the protests so far. And also angry clashes between police and protesters in Greece. In Athens, thousands of demonstrators were marching to mark the anniversary of a violently quashed student uprising in 1973. Protesters were seen hurling stones, petrol bombs and firecrackers at police. This is outside the Polytechnic where dozens died 45 years ago. Police responded with tear gas and stun grenades. They also then had to use a water cannon to break up the crowd. Stunning developments tonight in the case of murdered journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Yesterday, the CIA said they believe the killing was ordered by the ruling Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Today, though, the U.S. State Department saying there's no final conclusion and there are still lots of unanswered questions. Kelly O'Donnell has the latest the president and the crown prince.
9: Thank you you for being here. Thank you, Mr. President.
0: A diplomatic
1: crisis roiling since the October murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But a new CIA assessment finds that Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the killing, according to reporting by the Washington Post and confirmed by NBC News. This morning, the president was cautious.
5: The CIA is going to be speaking to me today. Uh, We have not been briefed yet. As of this moment, uh, we were told
1: that he did not play a role. And clearly conflicted given the personal and strategic relationship.
5: we we'll are take you to look at it. You know, we also have a great ally in Saudi Arabia. They give us a lot of jobs.
1: Among the evidence, The Post reports the CIA intercepted a phone call from the crown prince's brother Khalid, who is the Saudi ambassador to the U.S., telling Khashoggi to go to the consulate in Turkey to retrieve documents, assuring his safety. The ambassador denied making such a call on Twitter and certainly never suggested he go to Turkey for any reason. Today, during a five-hour flight to California, the president spoke by phone to CIA Director Gina Haspel and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Later, the State Department disputed that any determinations have been made. Recent reports indicating that the U.S. government has made a final conclusion are inaccurate. But Senate Foreign Relations Chairman Bob Corker, anticipating another move by the crown prince, warned the Trump administration to act quickly, tweeting, before MBS executes the men who apparently carried out his orders.
0: Argentina's Navy say searchers have finally found a lost submarine that vanished with 40 44 crew members on board a year ago. The submarine was found about 900 metres underwater off the coast of Argentina. The country's defence minister saying the vessel's tail had partially imploded. Now it's not yet clear if it will be possible to recover this. This discovery revealed just two days after families of the missing sailors held a commemoration on the anniversary. Anniversary of their disappearance. After a weather delay, a load of supplies were sent to the International Space Station today.
4: Launch has been initiated.
5: And we have, and we have liftoff of the NG-10 mission, taking signals to the ISS. We've got engines at full power in uh, nominal attitude.
0: All very exciting. The rocket carrying the supplies took to the skies from a flight facility in Virginia. It is carrying 7,400 pounds of research, supplies and goodies for the station crew. The launch was originally slated for Thursday, but bad weather did push this back twice. But it has finally gone now. We are pleased to report. all very exciting, isn't it?
5: Did the astronauts still drink Tang? Remember way back? Oh. Many years ago, that was the thing, you know.
0: Was it really? Yeah. Way, you way young? before your time.
10: <laughs> I, was I don't think they cream. even make that anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of the ice cream that they get. That they, they get ice cream. Add a little bit of water. It's some sort of. I'm
5: sure it's delicious. Sure, yeah. It sounds great.
10: <laughs>
0: One day. One day it will be possible for all <laughs> yeah. of us. They don't
5: become astronauts for the food.
0: Apparently. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, we'll get to uh, Canucks in the big story today mm-hmm. with sport in a second. But the weather, I mean, really, what season are we in? The sun was glorious today.
10: Yes, aside from the temperatures, yes. uh, it is beautiful out there. We started off with uh, some frosty patches, though. Uh, temperatures just hovering the freezing mark. A current look at some of those numbers right now. It'll be chilly once again, so be prepared uh, for the overnight. We're already sitting at minus two for areas near Prince George, Victoria at 3, and out of the airport, we're sitting at 4 degrees. A very similar weather picture if you have plans for your Sunday, and I'll tell you how long the sunshine will last coming up very shortly.
0: Now, it was a single moment that changed a young man's life forever. Two years ago, in Kamloops, Jesse Simpson, who was then an 18-year-old, was brutally beaten and left with a severe brain injury. Christopher Tycree was recently sentenced to seven years in prison for this assault. But for the family, every day is a challenge. Our report is from CFJC News.
3: Hey, Jesse, I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my heart, too. Every day, Susan Simpson is so grateful to still be able to hug and kiss her 21-year-old son, Jesse. She embraces him every opportunity she can.
8: It's absolutely a miracle that he's here with us after what's happened to him.
3: During their tragic two and a half year journey, Susan says that Jesse has nearly died on multiple occasions, but she notes her little boy is a fighter. He was in a coma for 10 months and awoke from that, spent nearly two years at Royal Inland Hospital before coming to the care facility in April. She says the scariest thing is the unknown.
8: I think every day not knowing whether he'd be here with us or not, not knowing. One day the next, seeing him so sick, seeing so many awful things through the last two and a half years.
6: The dad said, hurry up and open it.
3: Susan and the healthcare professionals working with Jesse have seen tremendous steps in his progress since moving to the care facility seven months ago. However, they say he'll never return to his former self, a young, vibrant boy who loved life.
8: Every day you wake up and think, this happened to my son. How could this happen?
3: He's a shadow of his old self, but he's working every day on improving, reading during rehabilitation sessions that are reteaching him the basics of life. I was in my room my homework.
6: Can you see that more clearly?
3: It is sometimes a struggle to get the words out, but eventually he does master them.
6: I was in my room mm-hmm. hiding from my
3: homework. Susan has accepted that her Jesse will never be Jesse again, but she acknowledges that it's him that has helped her moving forward.
8: I think the strength of Jesse kept me going all through. It
3: has. You can tell how much Jesse loves his mom and what she has done for him and what she'll do for him the rest of his life.
0: Now, uh, we want to tell you that a GoFundMe account has been created for Jesse. His family is hoping to buy a new wheelchair and especially a quick van so that he can get around. We wish them a lot of luck with that. In Health Matters Tonight, Britain's Prince Harry says people should treat HIV tests the same way as protecting themselves from a cold or the flu. And taking the test is nothing to be ashamed of.
10: There is still too much stigma, which is stopping so many of us from getting a simple, quick and easy test.
0: The Duke of Sussex recorded this video message to mark the start of National HIV Testing Week in the UK. For years he's advocated for more widespread HIV testing and he even took the test live on Facebook two years ago. According to 2016 National HIV Estimates, more than 9,000 people, or 14% in Canada, are not aware that they have HIV. World AIDS Day is December the 1st. And could sucking on your baby's pacifier to clean it actually help prevent allergies? A new study shows that mothers who did that had children with lower levels of an antibody related to allergies. Researchers in Detroit say the transfer of health-promoting bacteria may be a factor. Welcome back. While well, the BC interior has bragging rights this ski season, Sun Peaks Resort is now officially open. That makes it the first in the province to open for skiing and boarding. This is excellent news. Conditions are not as ideal as last year, though, with only about 21 runs open at the top of the mountain. Uh, the resort, though, is making sure the mountain is covered using their snow-making machines.
7: We need some more natural snow, obviously, in order to get the whole mountain opened up, and then some cooler temperatures to help with our snowmaking as well. So this this fall was a bit of a weird one. We actually had really good precipitation and we had a lot of natural snow. The challenge was that the temperatures didn't stay uh, cool enough for it to all stick around. And it also didn't stay cool enough to maximize our our snowmaking system, which is good because it means we've got a bunch of water in the reservoir that now the temperature's getting colder. We can make a bunch of snow and get some more uh, terrain open and some trails ready to go.
0: I had no idea, Yvonne, <laughs> that there was any such thing as a snowmaking machine, but our producer, Annie's just been telling me about how it's a big thing during the Olympics. Yes. It's crazy. Yes, wow. we need to take you up to either to the local
10: mountains or we'll take you into the interior. I so want one so at my house. Yes, that's possible too, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, actually, the mountains will be a great spot uh, for tomorrow morning. We do have valley cloud for the interiors, but it's high above that will see the sunshine earlier on in the day. A glance at some of the photos that we received with the beautiful shots taken today. This was sent in from Ed at Crescent Beach in White Rock, so thank you so much for that image. Earlier this morning, it was frosty out there. It was on the cool side with temperatures just even below the freezing mark. Jim take a, took this shot from from Fort Langley on the golf course. Our very own Ted Field sent in a shot from Fort Langley saying it was a good day for fishing. And our very own Jordan Armstrong is asking, is it really mid-November? Balmy at the barn in Boundary Bay. And Jay Janauer, his wife took this shot. She was out on the course at the Vancouver Golf Club. Fantastic. And Monique, she got a birdie, so congrats to her as well. All right, some of the numbers and what we did see for today. Interior sections with Williams Lake at minus three. peace today at one and areas near trail climbing up to five. So it was very chilly into the interior and we do still have a little bit of instability across the northern half of the province and potentially for the central interior. Much of the southern half though, a similar weather picture to what we're seeing today. The moisture is going to push in uh, throughout the day or continue to push in across the north coast. Inland sections, areas near the peace, we do still have the risk of freezing rain this evening with temperatures much cooler below and the warmer air that is above. Central interior for the morning hours tomorrow, also seeing the risk of freezing rain and then changing over to drier conditions late in the day. Across the province for the peace, wind chills overnight at minus 12 and gusty winds tomorrow up to 60 kilometres per hour. Whitehorse also seeing wind gusts tomorrow up to 50 with the wind chill for the overnight dipping down to minus 17. Coastal sections will continue to see that instability in between systems late day tomorrow. There may be a bit of a break in the action and then it picks up once again for your Monday. Caribou and central interior risk of freezing rain will be for the morning hours tomorrow if you're heading out on the roadways. Columbia and Kootenai region, more cloud cover tomorrow, sunshine by the afternoon and many spots. And so the Thompson, Okanagan, we've got that valley cloud. Higher up though, if you're in the Alpine tomorrow morning, it'll be bright and sunny and then a nice clearing is on the way for all areas across the Thompson, Okanagan. Six is the high for areas near Whistler tomorrow, above the average, that sits at two. And for the island, temperatures is anywhere between eight and nine degrees. And Metro Vancouver, we've got three more sunny and beautiful days across Metro Vancouver, Sonia. Temperatures will bump up to 10 on our Tuesday and it's likely on our wednesday
0: that we'll start to see a change on the way but get out and enjoy the next few days back to you that's a lovely forecast thanks very much for that Yvonne. all right now with cannabis now legal in canada some people are wondering whether a new trend in weddings in the u.s is going to catch on here in states where marijuana is legal more and more couples are adding it to their big day saying weed and weddings go hand in hand it is
9: why we are here today to celebrate their
0: love to
9: put it bluntly, this is not your oh, typical God. wedding. You may now smoke with the bride. Oh. But Jeff and Serena Baleja have always shared a love of weed. Did you guys smoke on your first date? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like love at first toke? <laughs> yeah, exactly, love at first toque. Now they've invited family to join in on their wedding day.
5: We have like the most amazing setup. It's like having marijuana oh, sommeliers. God. and like yeah,
3: it, it's like a luxury experience.
9: Legal weed means big money, a projected $23 billion American market by 2022. Add that to a wedding industry worth more than $70 billion annually, and marijuana marriages seem like a match made in, well, California and Colorado and Oregon, and seven other states that allow recreational pot. And there's another bar over here, yes. It's a whole new business model for those like Jamie Lee McCormick, a wedding planner who calls himself the flower daddy. So it's not just that people smoke marijuana at a wedding like this. You're, you're talking about decorating the wedding. Yeah, funeral. absolutely. You know, like there's cannabis in the flowers and at the altar, and there's flour in the bouquet and in the groom's boutonniere. And it sparked up a whole host of weed wedding expos and catalogs for brides and grooms. Take cannabis business owner Jackie Plummer. For her, mainstream pot is a massive business opportunity.
10: A lot of the times people think you're going to be, you know, stoned or sitting on the couch. It's really much more than that. All right, so what type of cannabis Uh, do you guys like?
9: Her company specializes in luxe Weed Events. She provides a weed bar, bud tenders who serve marijuana to guests, and even coordinates their ride home, an alternative Jeff and Serena see to alcohol. You see marijuana kind of as wine. Yeah, of course. And some of their guests agree. I haven't
0: had any alcohol yet, and I probably won't.
9: (laughs) And as more states look to legalize an industry worth billions, the chances of seeing more weddings like this are getting pretty high. Gotti Schwartz, NBC News, Los Angeles. All
0: right, welcome back. Lots of sports to talk about. And if you're a Canucks fan, are they nervous time or...?
5: Uh, well, they're, uh, you know, the Canucks are kind of going through a very busy busy time of the schedule and they're a little worn out, but they, anytime they play the Canadians or any other Canadian team, I think on Saturday night, something special about this. I think they're pumped up, playing a little better tonight. Thank you very much. It was apparent. The Canucks were out of gas in their final two games of their six-game road trip, getting outscored 11-4. to They're home now, but really not much of a rest at all. They're right back on the ice this afternoon against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, even if the Canucks weren't down five regulars, this would be a challenge, having to play so many games so quickly. Even Elias Pettersson is in a slump. No goals in four games, just one assist in that span. But a great pass here to chip it to Michael Delzato, but he fires wide on Carey Price. Pettersson sees the ice so well and he shoots and he scores. He does it all, doesn't he? Uh, Jacob Markstrom after a rough night in his last outing against the Islanders. Very sharp tonight. Stones Nicholas Delorier from the slot and then later, Max Domi who's uh, got a nine-game point streak going on. He gets stopped by Markstrom who is solid. Scoreless after one. Second period, Ben Hutton has uh, really stepped up his play this year. Check out that defensive play: sliding, gets the stick down, saves a goal. The Habs, though, finally break the ice. Jeff Petrie, great pass to Thomas Tatar, who will snap it over the shoulder of Markstrom. Tatar's ninth, and it's one nothing for the Habs but the Canucks answer off the rush Michael Delzato starts the play goes to the net little double deflection and it's Delzato who gets the final tip in for his first of the season 1-1 you can really see the Canuck D trying to activate be part of the play third period Bo Horvat in but Carey Price with the save Price had struggled coming out west but a great performance in Calgary and on his game tonight again but on the power play We've seen this before. Elias Pettersson winding up on the one-timer and blows it past Price. That's the 11th for the Swedish rookie. 2-1 Vancouver, but not much time to enjoy that. Less than a minute later, Domi centering pass off the skate of Andrew Shaw. It's a good goal. 2-2, and that's where they stand very late in the third we will show you another game this afternoon lightning and flyers this was wild tampa led 4-1 in the third and this is pretty steve stamkos sets up braden point 5-1 lightning beautiful pass by stamkos points 14th of the year just second in nhl goals behind david Pasternak, 17 but the flyers mount a furious rally now 5-3 close Giroud to travis Connectney makes it 5-4 with four minutes left And then 30 seconds later, Flyers on the attack again. And it's Wayne Simmons. Three cracks at it. Finally puts it in. Ties it up 5-5. Four goals in six minutes for the Flyers. They force overtime, but they couldn't quite get the uh, complete comeback. Talk about perseverance. Anthony Sorelli fights off Simmons, who's very strong. And then Sorelli roofs it on Calvin Pickard. Lightning win at 6-5. They move past Toronto into first in the Eastern Conference. Girls under 17, World Cup soccer from Uruguay. Canada taking on South Korea. Canada won its opener over Colombia 3-0. Canada opened the scoring off the corner. It's Chilliwack's Jordan Haitama. A perfect looping lob shot that finds the corner. Great touch from Haitama, who also scored for Canada in the opener against Colombia. But five minutes later, Haidema, uh, Haidema and a Korean player both going for the ball in the air. Clash heads. The Korean player was cut. And Emma gets a red card. What kind of call is that? She can't believe it. Hopefully they will uh, appeal that and that red card will be rescinded. But even down a player Canada add to the lead. Lara Kazandijin from distance. A brilliant strike as Canada's got some finish on this squad. They win it 2-0. They're now 2-0 and they clinch a quarterfinal berth. They face Spain in their final group stage match on Wednesday. Welcome back. It's uh, not exaggeration to say Canada's men's 15 rugby side is playing for its life during the 2019 World Cup qualifying repêchage tournament going on right now in France. If Canada doesn't qualify for the World Cup, it would cost them all sorts of funding and the future of the 15s would take a serious hit. That being said, the Canadians have shown the heart we would expect to see from them in this kind of dire situation. And today, they were impressive again, beating Germany to virtually punch their ticket to Japan 20- 2019. Canada ranked 21st, the Germans 26th. Canada coming off a blowout win over Kenya last week. Four teams in this event, round-robin format. Only the tournament champ qualifies for the World Cup. Like last week against Kenya, Canada's size and power was an advantage. Lucas Rumble for the try made it 10-0. Canada maintained over 70% possession in the opening half. Work it down the line to Tyler Ardron, who gets in for the try. 17-7 at the half. Huge stakes, as mentioned, in the qualifying for World Cup. Upwards of $10 million of funding at stake. Boys add some insurance late. Matt Evans going in. 29-10, the final, as Canada sits atop the standings. They play Hong Kong next week, a win, and Canada gets in. But even if they lose by less than eight points, they would still get to Japan 2019. So it looks very bright for them. Raptors and Bulls from Chicago, first quarter. Danny Green with the running floater. He's been such a key for the Raptors. Both ends of the floor. He will be a key in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard resting on the second day of back to backs. But the Raptors really didn't need him today. Plenty of depth. Jonas Valanciunas with the basket there, it's 85-55 late in the third for Toronto. Canadian University football, national semifinals, Mitchell Bowl. Saskatchewan Huskies and Western Mustangs, the defending Vanier Cup champs from Western. Huskies knocked off Calgary last week, hung t- uh, tough with the London Ontario school most of the day, but then Alex Taylor with the 58-yard touchdown run gave Western some breathing room. And then later in the fourth, Taylor won. One more time, spins his way out of tackles as Western wins at 47-24. So the Vanier Cup will be a rematch of last year, Western versus Laval. The Mustangs won that one last year, 39-17. LPGA, third round of the CME Group Tour Championship, final event of the LPGA season. Lexi Thompson, hard to believe, has not won this year, but she's been in fine form this week. Curls in the birdie putt at 15 to take a two-shot lead. And then this is her T-ball on the par 3, 16th. She will stick one this one down. close inside at 8 greens. feet, would make that for Birdie as well. Thompson has the lead after three rounds, but the best she can finish in the overall standings is 8th. Brooke Henderson is 16th right now at minus 5. As she holds that spot, she will finish 2nd in the standings right now. Aria Jatanagarn of Thailand has the inside track of winning the season championship. PGA Tour, third round of the RSM Classic from Sea Island, Georgia. Charles Howell, the 3rd. Hasn't won on the PGA Tour since 2007, but he's in position to change that. He's got the 54 hole lead. In, at uh, Sea Island, but on his heels is the young 23-year-old phenom Cam Champ. The rookie's already won a tour event this year, and he can hit the ball a ton. This is from 190 yards out with an 8-iron, an 8-iron from 190. Hits it to 3 feet, made the birdie, and Champ is just a shot off the lead, putting the pressure on Howell. David Hearn, top Canadian, tied for 7th. And Roger Sloan of Merritt also made the cut, but he's way back in 75th spot.
0: All right, North Shore Rescue are putting out a warning to anybody wanting to go out on a trail. They are telling us there's lots of ice that is now coating a lot of the trails on the North Shore Mountains. Um, They're telling us they see people going out unprepared and slipping and falling on the trails of Mount Seymour today. So do not wear running shoes. If you are going out, uh, you need to be wearing boots or shoes with an aggressive tread and micro spikes. Very important. And we end tonight with a couple of animal stories. Get this, a man who couldn't resist a month-old meerkat has been fined with snatching the baby animal from a zoo in Australia. The unnamed meerkat went missing back in September. Perth Zoo staff feared he'd been snatched by a bird, but police found him two days later, 80 miles away. Jesse Ray Hooker was slapped with a $2,800 fine. His lawyer says Hooker fell in love with the meerkat after seeing it at the zoo that's a good defense (laughs) in the uk a canadian is helping to save hedgehogs one backyard at a time the hedgehog population has been declining rapidly there about 30 million have died in the last 30 years now there are just a million left so montreal raised michelle birkenwald decided to do something about it his solution is he went underground uh well he didn't go (laughs) underground he had underground tunnels dug linked them together through backyards across london uh so that the animals they then use the tunnels for shelter and need to travel up to six kilometers mm. every night to find food the passageway offering them a very safe route away from hazards <laughs> on the road hmm. great idea <laughs> it's very sweet yeah i yeah i've never really warmed to hedgehogs kind of do you know what I, mean? people I only have know
5: the hedgehogs as the chocolates that you get
0: oh yeah yeah those, like those, <laughs> so those ones
5: are cute too don't get me wrong <laughs> but i think i prefer the chocolate
0: exactly all, all right, right. In terms of <laughs> the weather out there, we're getting is, you that. Can you Christmas. tell we have
5: a lot of time to kill at no. the of
0: in terms of the It the weather out there right now. It is pretty icy. Just picking up on the the North Shore story yeah. there, and um, it, but but the next few days it's pretty sunny. Yeah, and if you're
10: planning on heading out, especially for the early morning hours, I can stretch this. I can talk yeah, in yeah, minutes, yeah. <laughs> minutes yeah. sun balls. on end. Yeah, sunballs all the way. But yes, if you're heading out on any of the mountains, higher elevations, that temperature will be below the freezing mark for the morning hours. Those who are heading out, we've seen. A lot of golfing photos this, uh, this m- today. We'll also see that frost for the morning. So, three more days of the sunballs and sunshine, and then a change on the way as we get into midweek next week. But All not right. that pleasant. Well, that's
0: great. Thank you very much uh, for watching us tonight. <laughs> you and you, of course, Yvonne and Barry will be back tonight <laughs> at 11 with Jordan for Global News at 11. Have a great evening. Good, Good night. night.
5: Good night.